0: I think we have to acknowledge one simple, brutal fact, which is that the aura of stability and the idea that one could raise a middle-class household on a single-income owner, this was a fluke, in which the U.S. was the only developed economy that had not been devastated by World War II, and so while the rest of the world was racing to either build up or rebuild, the U.S. was able to enjoy an unprecedented era of economic prosperity. But the truth is that this is not sustainable. It never has been and it never will be. So looking to quote-unquote bring back American manufacturing jobs is a farce. It only serves to bring tax cuts to big corporations and ignore the underlying root causes of these issues. This is why I would argue that instead of trying to reclaim glory days that relied on on a world economy which had one major economy that had not been utterly destroyed, instead we should look to fundamentally shift how our economy is built. One of the main areas I point to is worker cooperatives in which Workers have democratic control of the means of production. They are more productive, robust, resistant to price shocks, and increase worker pay and engagement. They are higher performing on all levels. This is a slam dunk. There is literally no downside to worker co-ops, and this could massively improve several issues. One, it would mean that the jobs we still have are far more engaging and fulfilling for workers, which is a non-significant point that many Americans, the employment rate, quote-unquote, is actually quite low relative to most countries, But that, but those jobs are poor paying, they're unfulfilling, so we have to recognize that we're not just looking to solve the problem of people not being able to find jobs, but people finding fulfilling jobs that support them. Moreover, they solve problems such as offshoring, because workers are not gonna vote to move their own jobs offshore. With that in mind, we can keep the jobs we still have here without having to kowtow to a bunch of large corporations for you know years of you know dented tax revenue. Moreover, I think it's really worth pointing out that this allows us to increase productivity, uh, which is an important way that America can avoid a race to the bottom. Because in many ways, what we've seen is this idea where in an attempt to keep manufacturing jobs, the American government and American companies have been forcing workers to, lo- uh, to work longer and longer hours for less and less pay. Because if they don't, they'll simply export the jobs to countries where labor protections are even less, you know, stringent. And with that in mind, increasing worker productivity means that we can afford to compete with major companies from, cl- uh, from across the globe, without that race to the bottom. In other words, we can afford give our, we can afford to give people a good, fulfilling job in which they have a voice in their profession, and we can do it in such a way that has no negative economic consequences. This, I think, combined with large government investment, specifically in the Green New Deal, to bring uh, net carbon emissions down to address the issue of climate change, could create a massive boom in the economy, which would be far more sustainable thanks to the worker co-op model. In other words, I think the idea that we have to bring back manufacturing misses the point. We are blessed with a tremendous opportunity—an opportunity to uh, bring our uh, bring our carbon emissions down massively with a with a lar- with large government spending in the gr- terms of the Green New Deal, which would in turn grow the economy. But by fundamentally shifting how the economy works and introducing worker-led companies, we can make that economic growth far more sustainable, make workers happier, and just improve the nation wholesale.
1: I think that uh, work co-ops, I fully support the idea, but I feel that it isn't fundamentally solving the issue we're facing here. The issue we're facing is not that, well, it is partially that the companies are running efficiently. The manufacturing infrastructure your plan would hypothetically rely on is already abroad, and what little we, well, a significant amount that we still have in the States are highly uh, mechanized, and they use advanced technology that can replace hundreds of workers with one machine. So the problem here is that manufacturing is undergoing uh, a mitosis of sorts. It is a permanent evolution away from the traditional model where millions could be employed in the industry across the entirety of the United States and the corporation could uh, provide for the lives of entire communities, entire major metropoli. We are witnessing what is the unfortunate permanent decline of the manufacturing sector and trying to and worker co-ops will do very little to actually reverse that it might be more efficient management it might provide greater profits it might provide greater worker happiness for those already employed but it doesn't solve the issue that these people are already desperate for high paying jobs that worker co-ops will not offer them because there simply aren't enough firms out there. Offering these people manufacturing jobs, you say that they can simp- that work. Costs will simply hire these people, but they may not have the skills required for the in- industries. Ooh, a coal miner skill has de- gap. A coal miner has dedicated their entire life to uh, to um, mineralogical studies and how best and how most how to most efficiently extract the coal while uh, maintaining basic safety procedures. That skill is extremely specific and hardly applicable to any other field. So the only solution here, I'm afraid, is retraining. Now, there's been a lot of arguments about how blah, 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 retraining is inefficient. It's too large scale, but I I submit that we haven't really tried. What little, the largest uh, retraining program right now has had maybe a billion dollars in funding over a course of 10 years, which sounds like a lot, but in terms of actual government spending, it's it's less than a needle in the haystack. So what I'm thinking, what I propose is a massive national retraining program and a free skills-based college that can last for one to two year periods to help um, reorient um, minors in, and other, um, say, uh, I don't want to use... Um, Low-income uh, workers into fields that are currently economically viable.
2: What
3: happens if they don't want to retrain themselves?
1: Uh, Can you force them? Well, certainly it's, it's a volu- well certainly it's a voluntary pro- it's certainly a voluntary program. They won't be forced to retrain, but I think people will sign up because they because I mean offered- I I
3: understand what you're saying, Jason, but you you're projecting that this in- that the entire economy is gonna turn itself around, despite already being in a in typically a good spot, especially for Americans. But it, if you're if you're trying to say uh, we want to move these uh, a certain amount of workers away from quote unquote less profitable jobs, well, you got to realize many of these workers have been in these industries for decades. I don't see how you saying, oh, but it's so much more profitable. I don't see how there are going to be a whole lot of people just suddenly giving everything up.
2: Well, if I may, if I I want to run with that, that, then we wouldn't be be in this problem at all because everyone would be happy with their little, with their jobs they've held for decades. But the fact is, many of these people are now out of work. They don't. If I may run with, they're either going um, to retrain or they're going to be out of work for the rest.
1: These people are economically destitute. We cannot keep offering them pipe dreams of a restoration of a dead industry. But Jason, I, I must ask, um, what about, can you uh, can you
0: sort of adjust for something, say, a an unsustainable growth in an industry? Say, for example, there's um, oil is down and oil prices are rising and so they hire more. Now, it's a good paying job. People are going to take that and it's unstable, but it's there. So how can you adjust for the fact that, inherently, due to the market, things are going to modulate in value, and even if it's not the quote-unquote best long-term investment, people are going to take high-paying jobs, even if those high-paying jobs don't necessarily meet your standard of sustainability. So how can you ensure that the average American worker won't simply follow the money to an unsustainable career path that finds them out of work
1: all over again in a few years? Well, certainly, as we have seen in previous um, worker retrainment programs, um, they are dedicated on uh, future technologies, especially surrounding uh, sustainable energy and various digital te- technologies. And while these technologies will eventually be phased out, as with Fortran programmers today, but and you know our, our various archaic technical knowledge, but. And they are very long-term positions and we are giving them an education that will prepare them for the future this isn't some big bubble we're pushing them into these are these are lifelong skills that they can use and that will and even if the industry does eventually end up uh, somewhat uh, deteriorating by then enough wealth would have, have come into the community that it would be able to diversify um, good. I wanna. I wanna. I have two more questions for you about your plan. One. Do you have any
0: um, response to the idea that essentially the value of these skills diminishes the more people have them? In other words, it's super valuable right now in sort of small, small scale programs for a coal miner to learn programming because there's a demand for them. But won't demand decrease if you have this massive nationwide, you know, on truly epic of you know a a relearning of you know job skills on of truly epic proportions don't you think that would depress the demand because there would be such in fact wouldn't it depress wages because there'd be a glut of workers arriving well certainly There's according to need
2: for this A retraining ought to be specific to one area and besides i think one interesting area they could be retrained in is the various trades because all of the trades right now are suffering because they simply can't get enough workers and this right. at the very least alleviate right. that problem and, and even there's plenty of jobs they can be retrained in so that i doubt there will be any sort of depressive effect uh or in it they won't um it will definitely have a depressive effect in wages a little bit but i don't get to such a problem that that they can
1: yeah and even if we're talking about programmers you realize that programmer wages are extremely inflated right now the supply is small it's extremely small and therefore even with such a large influx of skilled workers into the economy i hardly i hardly suspect that the wages will depress so much as to become economically unproductive well i'm not saying that i'm simply saying that wouldn't
0: you agree that a lot of the promises you're making imply a certain level of value to the certain to a level of skills
1: that will sort of devalue over time the more people have them well, the problem is every skill is that with every new emerging industry, eventually, the first programmers earned mil- well sort of. The first corporate, large-scale programmers earned millions because they were the only ones who had their skills. But, as we saw, the industry clearly had room. So, I feel like you're underestimating the ability of the industry to expand.
3: So,
0: I'll, okay, I'll, I'll leave that one. And I have a question. Do you believe—and he has a quick yes or no question—that there is a quote-unquote skills gap in the country? There is certainly a skill gap. These people have less. Because to... that's, I'm afraid that that's not really backed up by the facts. I mean, both MIT and Boston Consulting Group agreed that the worries of a skill gap are completely overblown. And the fact of the matter is that you would think that if there was such a massive skill gap, you would see massive wage increases. But wages have remained relatively stagnant. As you may very well know, real wage increases have been hard to come by in the American economy since 1980. So if there is such a massive skill gap... Wouldn't real wages increase, and wouldn't MIT
1: and Boston Consulting Group find that there was a skill gap? Okay, for first, I would like you to cite the specifics of such research. Okay, so I'm ready.
0: specifically picking from a Paul Krugman uh, op-ed, which specifically uh, cites Paul
1: Krugman. Uh, okay. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I know that you may not like it, but hes I'm not citing Paul Krugman. I'm citing him, citing MIT and Boston Consulting Group. Unless you're going okay. after MIT and Boston Consulting Group, I think you're going Please to
1: Please refer me to the specifics of your evidence.
0: Okay, so here, let me find, let me see if I can find it. MIT, skills gap, steady.
1: <coughs> let me pull up Sorry. my cards. Oh God. I mean, I'm telling
0: you right now, this idea, so okay, here we go. Here we go, Policy so the adult. myth of the skills gap. Here we go, uh, here we go. The idea that American workers are being left in the dust because they lack technolo- technological savvy does not stand up to scrutiny. Our focus should be on coordination and communication between workers and employers. This is a 2017 study. The contention that America's workers lack the skills employers demand is an article of faith, um, is an article of faith among analysts, politicians, and pundits of every stripe, from conservative tax cutters to liberal advocates of, draw- of job training. Yes, Familiar? but,
1: but what, is, what is the evidence? The, the, okay, two... The, the, to... the hard statistics, please.
0: Okay, so here, um, the problem is, when we look closely at the data, the story doesn't match the facts. Uh, what's more the view of the nation's... So, uh, let's see here. First, persistent hiring problems are less widespread than many pundits and industry representatives claim. A few years back, Paul Osterman of MIT Sloan School of Management and I found that less than a quarter of manufacturing plants had one or more production worker vacancies that lasted for three months or more. By contrast, industry claims at the time were that three quarters or more faced a persistent inability to hire skilled workers. More recently, I've looked for signs for of hiring trouble in IT and clinical laboratory occupations. Given a tighter labor market and higher educational crimes for these entry, uh, entry-level technical jobs, it would be reasonable to expect hiring to be more difficult. Not so. Only fifteen percent of IT help desks report extended vacancies in technician positions. While the results do show much uh, show higher levels of long-term lab tech openings, it turns out that many of these are concentrated in the overnight shift and thus reflect inadequate compensation okay. for difficult working conditions. Or, yes, in other I words, w- I would the like skills pl- gap is
1: a myth, and you're blaming workers and you're fixing a problem that, in why? many ways, why I am not do. blaming the more workers. I'm blaming on the. I'm blaming the company. Well, you're forcing...
0: You're literally forcing workers to submit themselves to to long classes to completely relearn their skills.
1: I mean... Well, yes. And also, hold on. Let's first address your research. One, I don't feel like um, describing the uh, troubles facing uh, recruiters of IT professionals and clinical labs are exactly... And manufacturing. Did you forget about the manufacturing in the previous paragraph? Yes. And remember about those manufacturing. It's that the manufacturing positions were filled. But remember that manufacturing is not a catch it's not a end-all be-all it's manufacturing is a extremely what why, wa- why should it be why shouldn't in my worker co-op solution what if i'm you get saying a job at a what factory saying, in a worker-owned
0: factory that's the end-all be-all you know what pensions, i'm what,
1: you live you are there for a long time you've got a voice in that company why no, should no, it be the end-all be-all no no what i'm saying is that uh, what i mean by end-all be-all is that that manufacturing is an extremely general word and that within that there are many nuances you cannot a coal miner may not have necessarily have the education required there are the coal employs barely
0: 150,000 people compared to any to most other industries. You're specifically isolating okay, one of the fine. smallest
1: sectors of the American economy. That's a ridiculous fine. standard. It's fine. Even if we go to fine, if we go to if we go to uh, say, <clears throat> data shows that data data, <clears throat> data demonstrates is uh, in states like West Virginia and Pennsylvania, there is a significant population of low skilled laborers that uh, are dedicated to very that initially worked on production lines, as in repetitive, um, highly manual tasks, and those people are not prepared for our new mechanized um, auto- <clears throat> automated production method. They, The skills retraining may not be complicated, it may simply be a course of months if their chosen field is close to the ones they were already occupying before the industry left, but. I don't feel like your data is necessarily representative. I feel like it distorts the truth of what is actually the problem. Wait, I'm I'm clear. Are you claiming that MIT is uh, distorting the facts? No, I'm claiming that using a sample population of advanced manufacturing, clinical labs, and IT IT professionals... Which is is relevant because
0: I think a lot of people would be going into IT in your re-education
1: program. I mean... Yeah, it says IT had no troubles recruiting, but that does
0: but that's I, kind I, of a problem. If there's no as, vacancy, then why would what as, so if we can already fill those gaps now, how is that going to provide infinite jobs in the future? You have but, to concede, Jason, but, that if all of a sudden we have a million new IT people and we can already fill all the IT vacancies in our economy already, that's not gonna be a million new jobs.
1: But remember, but, but remember, you forget about the critical contradiction to the traditional model of supply versus demand when it comes to labor, that when there is a free labor supply, companies will come up with a way to exploit that free labor supply. You're going to bet—okay, so first of all, if companies have that much leverage—
0: then that's going to be depressed wages. That's guaranteed depressed wages. If there are a number, if there is simply infinite numbers of IT people, even if companies do find a way to employ them, they will be exploited horribly. okay As American hold on. companies have shown, they are excellent at keeping wages depressed. And if you're telling me that you're going to simply uh, add more and more people into the pile of IT people, and then you're going to just expect that companies aren't going to depress wages, that's, that's fantasy. So what you're either promising is a, either nobody gets a job, or they get jobs at ridiculously low wages with
1: absolutely no leverage. Hold on, no, that no, that because one, the data use site is about tech specialists, which is a very specific category. As we all know, that there is well, as research suggests, there is significant, there is still significant room for expansion in the low level foot soldier level of programmers. And plus, these the education. What oh, I'm proposing is definitely not only concentrated in IT. It is diversified. Therefore, no industry can specifically take advantage of a massive labor influx because that influx is distributed across a wide variety of sustainable industries. Listen, I'm looking. I, I can tell you again and again, Jason, that you insist that there's Here.
0: simply that there's Here. simply infinite job opportunities, but the truth is not that. If there are, if companies well, find a way, they I will think exploit think
2: them inevitably. at least, my personal opinion. I think the main uh, place in the American economy which is lacking jobs are the trades which uh, isn't a sector that your study included. And also I would suggest that that both you and Jason are wrong here because I don't think the skill gap is what's causing uh, the death of manufacturing and I don't think worker co-ops will save it because the problem is what we call the law of comparative advantage. Um, I'm not going to go too much into detail. About it, but basically, what it means is that for other countries like China, they have a lower opportunity cost of manufacturing, which means that uh, that it's more profitable to manufacture over there, even though they have less productivity, and that's an immutable economic law. There's nothing we can do to change it. So, uh, I think. I was going to say, so it's this like retraining them in the same sector, trying to turn them to other jobs in the manufacturing sector will not work. What we need to do is we need to exploit places where we do have a competitive advantage. Those places are things like higher education. And also uh, the, tr- also uh, another option is service industries. We can't really be outsourced like the trades.
0: I would agree with you, but I would say would not my, my plan. I specifically included a two-pronged plan in which one, you have Worker co-ops, but you also have the Green
1: New Deal, and would that not provide a boom for technicians? I mean, all of a sudden, a demand okay, for hold on, with no, 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 he no, here, I think I, it, it, it's come to for me to address your plan. My critical question is, how do you solve? Because here, so your plan, as I take it, I, I mean my understanding may be limited, but. He, what you're saying is that companies should be readapted along a worker co-op model which I don't necessarily disagree with but those worker co-ops fine they're now managed by the workers themselves but what about those who are unemployed the worker co-ops and the w- new worker management has no interest in involving other workers because they Whoa. know Interesting. they because they bec- they have no interest in diluting their own share because
0: they're they're Wait, making... Jason, that's how companies work already. I mean, executives will hire the exact minimum number of workers it takes to be, to, you know, produce the goods. same thing applies to your That criticism what does not apply because it applies under your system anyway. What Obviously, I'm saying, no the... what I'm I mean, saying... Bosses okay. don't hire new workers out of the goodness of their heart unless you're going to assume altruistic bosses under your let, system. Let me, let me, matters, let, let me, That criticism applies
1: to both your system and my system. It's irrelevant. Let me, let me finish my argument. What I'm saying is that the, 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 the workers will have no incentive to remove... Uh, to move those industries which are currently outsourced back home. So you do not fundamentally solve the issue. But we're not—I already said we can't move them back home. They're gone.
0: The entire idea— Then how will
1: these worker co-ops solve
0: the issue? I never—I said specifically we need to fundamentally reorient the economy. For a new boom time, a new boom time of equity and income— it's not so much about bringing back manufacturing or simply training everyone to be in IT, uh, to be in IT or be in okay. programming okay. with that's no clearly, studies to back up. That's clearly my not my argument. This. Well, what I'm saying clearly, I have two things. I have a reorganization of the economy around the worker co-op model, which is proven to work. I can cite my statistics again, Jason. Multiple studies have confirmed it is more productive, more stable, more resistant to price shocks, increases worker pay and engagement. And it's just better with, it's associated with better performance and better decision making at all levels. It is indubitably a better option. And that is only part of my plan. The other part of my plan is a massive economic stimulus in the form of the Green New Deal as a way to not only address the issue of climate change. You you,
1: You know as well as I do that the Green New Deal as it currently stands is no more than a piece of paper with a certain number of policy goals. How does it solve? Well, I mean, it's a massive investment. So,
0: first of all, we have an infrastructure reconstruction program to make our infrastructure. First of all, our infrastructure is falling apart. So, a massive program of rebuilding our infrastructure and, bu- and rebuilding it. H- Harry, in the words Harry, of I my understand personal, it's a huge investment. But in the that words investment of
3: trillions of, my, of dollars. Yes, it is. Over the next moreover, ten years.
0: Moreover, that'll take our one,
3: economy. Two things. Anything.
0: One, two things. One, in the name of my good friend Joe Biden, we're gonna build back better. And second of all, <laughs> I want, to address, I want uh, to address the point. Yes, I, I'm pretty proud of that quote. But the second point is that, uh, to reference Andrew's point, we have plenty of revenue. And the other thing is that we can afford to spend heavily because economic stimulus applies. Basically, yes, we may be spending a lot. But since the economy will inevitably grow from the economic stimulus, it's not as if our tax revenue stays the same. Because now that, yeah, you know, now that, that, that unemployed people have a job, tax, government tax revenue increases.
3: That doesn't okay. change the fact you're, that you're destroying America's wallet for the short term. And in the long I'm term, the we long might term. not. Many people might not recover from having to pay that trillions mm-hmm. of dollars.
0: Well, into first something of all, we, we already paid a trillions a of in dollars sky. in taxes. It's not, it's not a fine. This guy. I mean, the, the world will literally end if we don't do it. And moreover, me, the idea allow that, an, that
2: allow me to give the economic explanation. For one, now is actually the perfect time to implement the Green New Deal because uh, in a better time, it might have created an inflationary gap and caused a recession. But right now we do need a stimulus and the green new deal and it's the perfect time for the government to be spending right now because spending right now is what we need to pull us out of a recession and to address your point about increased taxes well i haven't looked at the specific numbers but depending on how large it is it may not necessarily increase taxes because the government may just be able to shoulder it as debt because uh what's relevant about debt is not really the number but the ratio of debt to gdp so sometimes it's possible to just shoulder more debt if that debt also increases your gdp and that won't affect anything so (laughs) i don't know about the numbers on the green new deal but it's possible that we could simply do that and not have to raise taxes significantly if at all
1: yeah harry Huang, i think is is right here if it was under under a booming economy, we would see possibly a massive inflation rising from a government investment program. But in such times as of economic disaster as we live in, it is the, it is time for perhaps not necessarily a Green New Deal, but definitely some sort of new deal.
3: But I mean, I, feel- I, I under I understand where you guys are coming from, but in the Green New Deal, it suggests completely redoing the ener- the energy sources of every single building in the United States. It, it in in, 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 in a 10-year span, it's it, simply uh, <laughs> something that we can't do. It's unrealistic. Actually, not, but, only, not only well, in the spending, but in the in the goals it's trying to achieve.
1: Actually, I would like to point out that pundits on both sides have mass—politicians and pundits, and basically everybody who has heard of the word green idea has massively inflated what it actually claims. Uh, liberals claim that it is a magic thing. It is a super ambitious policy goal that will solve climate change. It isn't. It's a— Loose list of policy goals that they will but, maybe or may not implement, and conservatives say it is the evil. They're killing our hamburgers. They're gonna. They're coming for you. Which it isn't. It, it's a vague document. It's it's no more harsh than the Paris Climate Accords.
0: What's interesting that I think is what I what is worth noting is that even if we do assume that you know in my implementation of the Green New Deal it is these they are there are these grand arguably unrealistic policy goals. Well, a lot of what we consider to be basic ideals of the New Deal were considerably, un- were you know, unimaginable to the average American worker. And you know, the idea of like FDR's economic bill of rights. These are things that even if you don't truly achieve them, the progress we made working towards them is still significant. I mean, so what if not every building in America is eco-friendly in ten years? But if 30% are eco-friendly. That's going to massively drive down carbon emissions. That's going to do a lot of good and it's going to provide a lot of jobs for people having to do that. I I, so I
1: feel I feel hold on. I feel like we're here. I feel like we're diverting from the topic here. Are we still arguing about are, are you now arguing that the green new deal will essentially uh you're proposing a new WPA to hire these people to work. Well, first of all, I want to make
0: well, uh, yeah, I'd say the WPA would not be an unrealistic format of what, through which to do this. Though I would like to make clear that I think a lot right. of this can be very useful in mentioning that again. Okay. This, my so, plan also does address the fact that we need we need more people in trades because people will simply be trained in trades, but they will then be able to move on to worker co-ops or trade unions, depending on their profession. Hold on, exactly but on if but if doing.
1: the if the government is instructing them how to participate in trades, then you're essentially co-opting my plan.
0: Now, nah, but see, this is the difference, Jason. I'm not just training them to go out to die in the private market to be hired. Hopefully, I'm going to employ them. They're going to well, be then, trained and well.
1: Working. Well, then this is no longer this is no longer an argument about how to uh, about how to resuscitate uh, the manufacturing industry. It's a it's an argument about the very nature of the American economy, and I think that's a totally different debate. And I will take it. I will suggest that.
2: I will. Ag- the I will... WPA work is because the the unemployment caused by the great Re- great depression was ultimately temporary it was unemployment during a recession but what we're facing is chronic long-term uh, a secular decline in uh in employment right we can't keep right. these people and works progress administration projects forever that's true that's I, don't I don't disagree hearing.
1: the wpa was a holdover measure it was a successful holdover measure but here, the fundamental question is: What are you going to do with these new train skill people? Eventually, when you, when the economy is booming and you can't hire them for a massive dam building or whatever green okay, projects, one, uh let's let's put this worst-case
0: scenario: no one gets employed. My plan still provides years of economic prosperity, whereas your plan does not.
1: Oh right, followed by would. followed by a massive crash.
0: Yeah, I mean. Okay. So then, then so second, no, 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 Jason, on. Jason. Let me finish. The second <laughs> thing is that let me make this clear. What. First of all, Americans will be far ahead of most of the rest of the world if you consider that they, oh, you know, so these people aren't just they aren't just trained, Jason. They would have years of on the job experience. That's incredible. You ignore the fact that my retraining program does not simply include, oh, we train you and then you're just off in the world. You get years of experience working on the job. And, for example, if you work on installing solar panels, you could learn to maintain them. Bam! You are now in trades. And you know what? That's a far more sustainable model than just, we train them all to be this and just hope to God that the private
1: market figures out some way to use them. Hold on. No, but we- I never said that we're all going to train them to in one field, and two, I never said that I was just going to train them in one skill and then leave them there. There are. I never said that, Jason. I'm saying that uh, what I'm pro- what I what, that what I pro- simply training them and then leaving them to the private market what hasn't saying, worked in the past, and it won't what work saying, now. What I'm saying, okay, let's lower the volume a little first, and two, what I'm saying is that what I proposed was skill colleges, and I'm not sure you quite understand how a skill college works. There is a full length internship uh, term of one year out of the two year period. I- I feel like that's perfectly adequate to provide experience, and also your argument that these will get real-world experience. My people will get hired. I don't feel like there's greater work experience than actual work. Wait, but are you
0: saying that if I install solar panels on the government's payroll, that's not real work, Jason? No, what I'm saying is that
1: I offer the same level of work experience as whether but hired you by don't the private,
0: because, what, see, but hired saying.
1: by their private market or hired by the government. And plus, well, first of all, you, I can you, guarantee
0: far higher levels of employment through the government because I can control that if I'm considering implementing this as a government. And, policy. and plus. You don't know that. And plus. You plus, don't you for, know that, Jess. And plus, are you, are you for, going to
1: force private companies to hire your interns? Oh, hold on! You forget about the part of your plan that you conveniently skipped over about the massive economic crash that comes when these people leave the positions. What happens then, Harry? What happens when the government eventually has to stop, because either either yeah, the this is market, so- because because either it's too cost okay, but this crash will be a fundamental crash. The private market does crash, but what Harry is proposing yeah, is the that market sucks. I mean, <laughs> what the, Harry is proposing is that suddenly millions of people just leave the workforce they're suddenly unemployed whoa whoa, whoa. A massive rush. Oh, what's,
0: what's that a transitionary period never heard of her guess it just does not happen guess just one day you know thanos snap everyone's out of work millions of people unlike jason's plan in which we put them in technical colleges they somehow get an internship despite the fact that they're going to be competing with hundreds of thousands of new applicants in their field and then they'll just magically get hired at really great wages because that's exactly what the private market does with a glut of labor
1: hold on fdr <clears throat> the new deal but the New Deal was assisted greatly in its success by the massive expansion of American industry during World War II. What you—well, you don't have that. What you're—you're you're essentially— Why rele- shouldn't
0: we mobilize the economy to fight climate change? You you're- seem to act like the only time we can mobilize the economy is to fight a war. Why? Why can't we mobilize the economy to fight the existential threat of climate change?
1: You're releasing what—essentially what you're doing is FDR hires— 100, uh, 10 million workers in 1936, and that releases them back into a 1936 economy. What?
0: By what standard would the economy not improve with massive decreases on unemployment? The fact of the matter is people would have far more disposable income. I, I don't Wait, understand how I, that I would I
1: thought, I thought this was a disaster recovery period, like the New Deal, it was a transition, it was a transition. Yes, it, okay, then what, what is you going understand to, pr- how- what is going to provide your magical economic boom?
0: well i mean the fact that the country is now massively far is massively employed the worker co-ops are far more efficient um infrastructure investment stimulus in the economy how would that not provide a boom jason i mean we have massive introduction of stimulus into the economy okay Wait. the
2: government itself is not capable of driving a boom you're if if it's only if this boom is entirely being driven by government employment then the government is going to get less is definitely going to get less back in terms of uh, in terms of but the that's economy, than what it put into into paying these wages, unlike with us, unlike if you pass the Green New Deal, in which the uh, the government might not even have to raise taxes because of uh, growth-driven so by, essentially- growth by the government sector is going to have to result in greatly increase taxes so what Several we're things. essentially one if we so greatly what... increase oh. taxes
0: on the rich we can look at we can look at major growth second of all what's to say that the private market which as jason says will simply seize upon skilled labor whenever it finds it what's to say they don't poach people from government programs i mean isn't that the solution at the end of the day wait Is hold on essentially... oh,
1: hold on in my plan the government will educate i don't get how they would be poached well you're Governor saying Brogan. that the
0: private in your own words the private market will take these new this new glut of skilled workers and put them to work so who's mm-hmm. to say that people with actual on-the-job
1: experience wouldn't be poached by the private market okay hold on but look, the government doesn't hire a lot of electricians and and uh well if they're doing a massive policy miners. to
0: install oh wait oh you're gonna re-educate iron miners then that's
1: gonna be one of the new skills you're gonna teach them no, I'm saying that I didn't go- think so. I'm saying that the government hires, that doesn't, re- that the, go- the government hires administrators and <laughs> it doesn't really hire, um, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like this is a, okay, but I, 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 w- I didn't even propose WPA. Are we debating the future no, of manufacturing s- or are we debating the future of American labor?
0: Wow, that's like it's almost like those are relevant topics, deeply and intimately intertwined, Jason. Because contrary to what you think, you can't just teach people uh, new skills and then, with that glut of workers, find wages. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just I'm
2: just. But it's a known fact that there is a severe shortage of workers in the trades right now. I don't. Is he
0: going to teach everyone trades? I'm sorry, I don't think that was part of his. And I
2: don't see how why your thing would not create a glut because essentially, as Jason said, you're taking them from a. You know a twenty twenty economy, and then after a couple years, you're releasing them back into a twenty twenty co- economy. It's delaying the problem a couple years while racking up massive government. Ex-
1: the WPA. Wait, wait, was, whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, I we ignoring the worker co-op thrust of my plan? Yeah, the worker co-ops, look, I, I I, know, I agree with worker co-ops, but they're not going to provide this magical economic revitalization that you think it's going to.
0: I never said that, I mean, I, again, I emphasize that the green New Deal
1: is the economic look, stimulus uh, part of my look, plan, but what makes worker, it far more sustainable worker, and healthy co- is the worker co-ops. Worker, worker co-ops are a fantastic management system that I completely agree with. I feel like it should be the final evolutionary stage of capitalism. It removes, Wait, a, it removes, but, and... But you agree it, we need to move beyond capitalism, no? i mean. Um. So, well... You can call it, it it is by definition socialism, but the thing is it works within a capitalist system, and we have A market system, which is market socialism, because capitalism... Yes, market market, socialism, the the line's a bit loose there, but what I'm saying is that co-ops work. They eliminate an inefficient managerial class that does not reflect the will of the worker, and I feel like and that's a major problem with corporations today. It's that the managers, they have to uh, construct this complex bureaucracy full of inefficiencies. That's the big problem with corporations today, and worker co-ops removes that. But I don't feel like that's going to provide this magic economic revitalization and you cannot sustain economic growth with pure investment w the wpa and fdr's new deal programs put america back on a stable but slow path to recovery world war ii gave the massive boost that you were envisioning so first of all i would like to push back on your
0: where's your boost coming from if there's no world war ii coming for you you just train a bunch of new people I'm I, don't, I don't
1: i don't i i don't propose i don't i don't suggest a massive economic boost i merely suggest that i merely suggest that these people will no longer be stuck in this desolate scenario where they are unemployed would they people zero... be
0: stuck in a desolate scenario in my scenario considering 20, that they would now have de- years of on-the-job really... experience
1: yeah but I mean, what comes yeah. after that harry what, what what comes with your massive economic collapse <laughs> you cannot this sustain an, this... you cannot sustain an economy forever with purely government investment that's why i'm not going to I
0: think you fail to understand that if we assume for a matter that, you know, the trades have a massive demand for workers mm-hmm. and then the government employs a lot of people in trades-related fields and the private market poaches those competent, qualified
1: tradespeople over time, it's
0: we nuts, can see this massive economic collapse you're
1: warning of. The, no the, gover- be the, gover- ha- the government doesn't hire <laughs> tradespeople as it stands right now.
2: Yeah, I don't see how that, wait, 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 why are you saying we can't do that? How would that create a collapse because i don't see the mechanism there what i don't see the mechanism by which that would create the collapse you've you, i'm
0: not saying it would create the collapse i'm seeing. saying that specifically by weaning these workers off of the public sector because they are so qualified they are qualified across the world we can see that the, that government investment slowly transitions to a more private market system i mean that is of course assuming we're working within a capitalist framework
1: yeah but uh, look i What you're imagining is essentially saying, look, your plan will lead to this glory days scenario. There's 20 years of an American golden age, but eventually, like that big baseball player back in high school, it's going to lose out.
2: Well, look, what what is the purpose of the government part of the plan? Because I don't see what's the purpose of the government keeping these workers on the payroll for a little while before letting them go. I don't see the because purpose.
0: the whole the whole point is to provide a large economic stimulus and instead of Jason's just put put them all in skill colleges it specifically puts them to work that's my point is that again I ask so you point out that there are that you have issues with my plan but my plan offers concrete benefits. We know worker costs are more productive. We know stimulus will employ people. Yeah. Even concrete if it's benefits. You have in no the benefits in the short term. I have, you have the no benefits. benefits, Jason. I offer. I can <laughs> okay, solve so climate change. I can solve us. depressed wages, and you ignore all yeah, of that Harry, for skill costs.
2: That you you want you want to do the trades, right? How are you going to employ like tens of thousands of electricians working for the government? I don't see how you can Harry. Do that. And also, first, uh, the uh, skills colleges can easily um, also awesome yeah. provide economic stimulus too in yeah. the form of uh, government spending on tuition for these uh, workers. Harry Garland,
1: just uh, you got to lower the volume.
2: Okay, I mean, I'll point one thing out, which
0: is that let's let's not shout. Things. I've not been the only one, but also I I fail to understand how I can offer concrete wage increases. I can offer a real a a real way to address.
1: So wait, hold change. on. But and I, uh, and no, you know that wholesale. You know wholesale. But these skill right? colonies, I mean, as I have said previously, will be aligned to <clears throat> new emerging technologies, which a large part of is emerging energy technologies. I, and I am a full supporter of the Green New Deal. But what I'm saying is that you cannot sustain government investment as a permanent energy and uh, engine of economic growth forever. And also, I do solve for the issue, because while oh, my...
0: policy oh, debate terms coming out. I We actually, we do solve for the issue. Let <clears> me tell you, <throat> I got this one card from this one kook.
1: Yeah, hold on, but what I'm saying is that my growth... There might not be a Glory Day scenario in my... There will be no American Golden Age, but there will be slow, gradual growth as... <clears throat> the people are trained in relevant skills as the economy slowly grows and expands at a sustainable rate. And this will overall push America towards a more eco- ecologically friendly and economically strong scenario instead of 20 years of fantastic, um, everybody's happy, and then phew, the greatest economic collapse you're in a century. i happy to lounge
0: around while the world literally ends. I feel like you act like we just need slow, sustainable growth, guys. But the world will literally end if we don't address climate change so this idea that we're just going to address it through slowly inundating the workplace with more ecological I thought, friendly uh, I, jobs, I, I thought i thought we were i don't th- necessarily
2: see why why jason's plan doesn't jive with the, your green new deal i think well the he the hasn't green
0: specifically mentioned it so i assume that if it, stimulus. i'm not going to assume that he's introducing the green new deal if he is then fine but if he isn't
1: then i feel like the green new deal is not exactly relevant to the discussion but i feel yes, like i, it, also, I don't think uh, see the relevance if you're going to realign, perfectly relevant
2: way I I I feel like if you're going
1: to, I feel that fine. If if, it, if it's that's your specific economic stimulus, I totally agree. I feel like the Green New Deal is a noble noble objective, and it has been severely distorted by members on both sides of the political aisle. But wait wait wait, 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 can I? Members on both sides? Who are you
0: talking about? On like on the left? Oh well. The left hypes it two.
1: Well, I'm not gonna both sides. Who are
0: this. you? Can I? Can I names, please? I I genuinely am curious. You said this multiple times, but like I don't, stop I don't both wa- sizing for five seconds and tell me I'd, who I'm, on the left.
1: I'm not I attempting to both. I'm not attempting to both sides. Well, there's there are certainly different scales. The right poses as Bernie social. Well, Bernie and AOC socialist nightmare where everything will collapse and ah. Uh, yeah, well I know the right hypes it up the, and lies about it, but what the, about the left? The the left only. The left sort of moderately. Hypes it as... Who is the
0: left? The left is not like this one monolithic
1: thing. Uh, uh, more liberal senators, uh... More liberal senators... Even Bernie himself presents, hypes. Uh, well, he doesn't type it all that much, but he presents the Green New Deal as an actual solution, while it is at this point a mere policy proposal on a piece of paper with very loose policy well, goals. Well, wouldn't that be like
0: criticizing FDR for running on the New Deal in 1932 when it was a loose collection of policy proposals rather than anything concrete? Well, I what mean, I'm what that's I'm kind saying of how policy works. It doesn't just pop out fully formed, does it? Well, I mean, I, well, I wanna, what I'm saying I ask what I'm. What I'm saying is that the Green They're Deal. We're talking
2: right? about revitalizing industry, not the fucking Green New Deal.
1: Yeah. Oh, Harry, come on now, calm down. I feel like we're straying from the discussion slightly. Is I think we've strayed from the discussion a while ago. Okay, I feel like we've come to an impasse in our argument. I think it's time to argue. Uh, well, offer our closing statements. Uh, Harry, would you like to do the honors?
0: All right. Um, let's see here. Give me, give me a second to um, formulate. Friends. Romans. Country. Okay, no. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez, oh boy. No one has a sense of humor at this hour of the night. But anyway. The point is this. Listen, folks. Here's the deal. We live in an era of unprecedented economic growth and global interconnectedness. The idea that we can simply bring back American manufacturing from an era where, I repeat, America was the only developed economy in the world that had not been devastated by the largest conflict in human history is a fantasy. When... Republicans and moderate Democrats offer to bring back coal manufacturing with tax cuts, they are lying. The truth is that any kind of protectionism is counter to basic economic reality. We cannot bring back the 1960s. So we must move to change our economy to bring back, not the 1960s, but a new era of economic prosperity and equality in which workers are more engaged, happier, and better paid in their jobs. And that will be met by worker co-ops, worker co-ops which are more efficient, more productive, and better. This in tandem with government investment, can massively improve the lot of not only workers in the US, not only the ability of the US to address climate change, but can revitalize American employment. The truth is that we are presented with a unique opportunity to not only grow our economy, but improve people's lives. Because the truth is, I do not care if the GDP is zero if every single person in a country is well-fed, happy, and can do what they want with their life. The truth is that my worker co-op solution provides real, concrete
1: help to those who need it. Okay. I'd like to argue uh, my point of view. I do not fundamentally disagree with my conversation partner here. I agree with him on a lot of points. I feel that manufacturing is on a permanent decline due to the inevitable realities of the market economy, and um, I agree with him that we should uh, that worker co-ops are a viable economic model, and I would argue the most efficient form of capitalism, as it it uh, eliminates an inefficient managerial class and the complex bureaucracy associated with that, of course. But I disagree with him on the issue of government investment. While I get that the example of FDR before us is highly inspiring, and he and he achieved great thing with the New Deal, the fundamental reality is that an economy cannot be purely driven by government investment. And, and what the problem is, the government cannot keep hiring these people forever. Eventually, they will need to be released back into some form of consumer market. What I do and prepares these... Uh, um uh, <clears throat> sorry, let me restart that. His plan, after a glorious period of 20 years, let's just put it the most generously, of 20 years of a golden age for America, it will lead to a disastrous economic collapse. A a, a some on part or even greater than that of the Great Depression. Tens of millions of workers released back into an economy that hasn't fundamentally grown at all. It is akin to Uh, FDR hiring 3 million people for his WPA in a 1936 economy and then releasing them back into a 1936 economy. It achieves nothing and it debilitates the American working class. What I propose is a system of (laughs) interconnected skills colleges to be funded by the government across the United States targeting the most poor disadvantaged areas first to help workers gain the valuable skills they desperately need to escape their situations. And prepare them for a new market sure there will be an initial large influx of labors which the market may not be prepared to adapt but the market when it comes to labor will always expand to fulfill the labor demand it may not be the rapid growth my uh, discussion partner proposes but it will be slow but it will it will be gradual growth it will be stable growth and it will Put us on a far stronger economic footing than a boom and bust cycle, the likes of which America has never seen. All right, we have not failed markets; the markets have failed us. More blood (laughs) for the blood god. Thank you for listening to this episode of um, the Swing Vote. Uh, As always, um, our all of our episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major streaming platforms. Um, Catch our new episodes every Saturday, and as always, stay in, stay healthy. Stay safe. Thank you.